There's a lot of Dead Island at PAX Prime this year. First, there was the cel-shaded Escape Dead Island, out now for PC, PS3, and Xbox 360. Girl Got Game, our resident Dead Island fanatic, did not enjoy it, but the exploration and focus on story seemed reasonably appealing, though the boss battle combat we tried was clunky at best. I'm John Smallwood, creative producer with Deep Silver, and I'm working on Escape Dead Island. Escape is a standalone spinoff set within the Dead Island universe. I guess story-wise, chronologically, it takes place about six months after the original Dead Island, but before Dead Island 2. Escape is actually a third-person survival mystery game telling the story of Cliff Kalo. So it's much more like a story-focused game than the original Dead Island. When I first saw this announced, I thought you guys had partnered with Telltale because it seemed like that type of story, but you're not working with them. This is your own thing, right? Oh, no, this is our own thing. It's being developed by the guys up in Stockholm, Fat Shark, really great devs. But yeah, the art style is the thing that I think most people will see and like not really know that it's Dead Island, even though you know it still is the bright, beautiful, lush, tropical island with zombies. But we kind of go a little bit crazier with the art, with this kind of modern cell shading with a little bit of a retro comic book mix that kind of gives it a weird, surreal feel. Yeah, it looks like a living comic much more than the Dead Island series normally does. Yeah, absolutely. Because with this game, Cliff is actually, he's trying to investigate what happened on Benoit because no one really knows. It's all quarantined, nothing's getting in or out, so there's like conspiracy theories and rumors about what happened. So he kind of sets out with his two friends to expose the truth and film this documentary. But then that leads them to the island Narapella, which is a small private island near Benoit. But that's where everything starts going crazy. Like Cliff himself may or may not be going crazy, or the world is going crazy around him. It's kind of up to you to investigate and decide as you're playing the game. But that comic style just lets us push the boundaries and then go beyond the boundaries in terms of what you're actually experiencing. Is it one cohesive story, or is it different segments? It's one cohesive, like, you know, linear sort of story. But the way that it's told might feel a little weird because you're experiencing it alongside Cliff. So he's going to make some progress, you know, find out something new, but then some sort of event might happen. He might get killed or he might get squashed by a giant container and then wake up somewhere completely different. So you're kind of left questioning, is this a dream? Was that part real? Is this part reality? So it's up to you as a player to play the game and then decide. So the combat looks pretty typical for Dead Island. It's one of those big time events that you would expect from a episodic story like this. Oh yeah, it's still a Dead Island action title. So you have your melee combat along with some range, you know, you got your pistol and shotgun. But then to kind of mix up the gameplay here, Cliff isn't this immune superhero like the other Dead Island games. So he's got to rely on his brains and the environment to actually get by. So we've mixed it up with a little bit of stealth. So if you can actually sneak up on a zombie from behind, you can do some stealth kills, start picking them off one by one instead of going into a huge group and kind of risking your life. That's a bit of a different dynamic in terms of gameplay. Absolutely, yeah. And don't get me wrong, I mean, it's not a, like, forced stealth or a stealth game, but it does give you that variety, give you those options that you wouldn't have otherwise. So it looks like a lot more exploration. Oh, absolutely. As he's exploring, he's going to, like, come across, like, different collectibles, some of which range from little postcards that might be a little humorous, some of the Dead Island humor, and other things will actually start fleshing out the story of the entire world. Because as players are playing this, they're actually going to find out about the events that led to the outbreak on Benoit, 
and you're also going to be experiencing some stuff that may or may not start popping up in future Dead Island games like Dead Island 2. How long a game is it, would you say? I'd say for a single playthrough, maybe about 8 to 10 hours, but that's your first playthrough. Of course, we have New Game Plus, and with such a crazy story, you might not notice everything that first time around, or that second time through, you might see something completely different. So yeah, players are going to get a lot of replayability out of it. By the time you hear this, I will likely either be dead, or undead, or insane, or caught in an alternate dimension or something. My name is Cliff Kalo, and this is my story. We both found Dead Island 2, due in 2015 for PC, PS4, and Xbox One, to be much more enjoyable and immersive even if the story seemed to take a backseat to the new MMO-style shared events dynamic. My name is Daniel Nordlander. I'm a game designer at Dead Island 2. The first game takes place on the island of Banoi. The virus breaks out there and turns people into zombies. So the premise of the second game is the virus has made its way onto the west coast of the US into the state of California. What happens is the government quarantines it off and thereby creating a dead island within the United States. So it's a metaphorical island this time around. So. No, not that content, no. Basically, you're playing as these heroes who are immune to the virus. All new characters from the first game, though, and they're kind of embracing the apocalypse because to them it's a second chance at life. You know, they were working boring office jobs before. They don't have to pay off their mortgage anymore. You know, they can just run around, find meaning in life and help out people. And we're just embracing the fun of it and trying to match the story and the tone of the game with what you're actually doing with the gameplay, which is over-the-top action, slaying zombies and having fun with your friends. If you're familiar with the first game, we still have the same basic core gameplay, but the big new addition is we double the player count this time around. So instead of four players, we have eight players, and it's all seamless multiplayer. So what that means is you're sharing this huge world with seven other players. So it's changed everything from how we do combat to how we do mission structure. For example, we added events that happen in the world. So just running around, you can encounter these events. And you can choose to join in on them or not. So for example, in the demo today, we have defense mission. And that's going to be basically a bunch of survivors that are in a bar and they decide to have a party. So, you know, they're embracing the apocalypse. They want to have fun, even though there's zombies around there. But they need you to protect them because it makes a lot of noise, attracts zombies, etc. By helping them out, you're going to get rewards. And that's going to then kick off a chain of other events. But if you fail that event, it's actually going to kick off another chain of events. So you have all this stuff going on in the world depending on the ambition. Yeah, exactly. And also we even have PvP events. One of them is called Chopper Crash. You might be you know, cruising around the game world and you see a chopper crashing down in the distance. Of course, every other player around will see that as well. So when you go there, you're basically entering a PvP zone and you then can compete for the loot in the chopper because only one player can get it. So basically what you get is this dynamic where you know, I'm cooperating with my friends, running around in the world, and then I'm like, hey, actually, when the chopper crashes, I'm gonna turn on you and then we're gonna compete. But you know, afterwards we're friends again. The game will match you up with random players as well, but it will always try to make sure that you're playing with friends. Obviously it's been designed for multiplayer. What about single player? What if you want to play just by yourself? Yeah, that's definitely possible to do, but it's opt-out. So by default, when you start the game, other players will appear, but you can definitely choose to you know, say that, yeah, I just want to play by myself, and that's totally possible. So is it crushingly difficult to play it by yourself, or is it just... No, different? actually we have systems in there that scale uh, the amount of zombies and the difficulty of zombies uh, based on how many players you're playing with. So if you're single-player person, you're not going to be alienated by this game? No, no, you can still play it. It's recommended to play with other players, and that's kind of how it's meant to be played, but yeah, single-player is still a part of it. Can you tell us a bit about the campaign? Yeah, so I mean, because of this new structure with eight players, 
it's working quite differently. So we've looked at MMOs as a big source of inspiration because when we designed the game with you know co-op in mind from the ground up, you can't really do stuff with plot twists and cutscenes and stuff like that. It becomes very difficult. We actually started out with that approach. So we prototyped the whole game in Unreal 3 back in the day. Now it's running on Unreal 4. We had this sad moments and story moments with cutscenes but it just doesn't really work when you have your friend running around in the background, you know, killing zombies, setting them on fire. So that's why we have these kind of events happening in the world instead, and you can kind of choose to join in at your own leisure. There's still a story, though. I heard you streamlined the modding for weapons in this game. Yeah, definitely. In the first game, you would have to always find a crafting blueprint and have a weapon you wanted to mod and have the crafting ingredients and go to a workbench. So that's a lot of, like, steps to do it. So you still need to find a crafting blueprint. You still need to have a weapon, but basically you can craft on the fly. You don't need to find a workbench anymore so you know once you have the ingredients and the weapon you can just do it anywhere but you might want to have a friend watch your back while you're doing it because you're not gonna pause the game while it happens and it's the same thing for repairing weapons so you know weapons can still break but it works a lot more streamlined this time around it basically works like a reload on a firearm just press the reload button and the weapon will go off screen for a few seconds come back and be fully repaired so you can actually do it in the middle of combat as a dead island fan i'm thrilled to hear that thank you so with riptide you introduced the idea of putting up chain link fences and other defenses is there anything new in this game that we can look forward to yeah, I mean, there's a lot of new things you can look forward to. There's still these kind of defense scenarios that were introduced in, in Riptide, but also a bunch of these new event types, like I mentioned, the chopper crash. But I would say still, like, the biggest thing is just new setting. It's super exciting. The eight-player multiplayer is also, like, changes everything, like, how it plays. But, of course, we have all new content. So all new enemies, uh, all new special zombies, all new human enemies. We have a bunch of new weapons and a bunch of new mods. So one new thing that's really cool are the special weapons in the game. So these are kind of, like, weapons you need to find a crafting blueprint to create but it's not like with the mods where you have an existing weapon and it works slightly different it actually turns it into a completely new weapon so for example we have the grinder and the grinder is kind of like a lawnmower combined with a ceiling fan with machetes attached to it and you can kind of just hold it out and you know splatter zombies with it so that's a lot of fun we also added some new features to the gore so in the first game you can chop off limbs of zombies and break their limbs and everything that's all back in the second game. We added some new stuff to it. So if you chop off the leg of a zombie or break the leg of a zombie, it's not actually gonna die. It's gonna fall down and start crawling towards you. And you can go up and you know head stomp it if you want to do that. Also, you can split zombies in half this time around. Uh, again, just finding more fun, creative ways to kill zombies. Find show notes, music credits, and other details at BusyGamerNation.com WAC Podcast.